You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So heat up your kettles. It's tea time. So welcome to Tea Time, everyone. I'm Katie, and I've gone podcast rogue and taken over the show because I didn't tell Chelsea I was recording an episode. So I'm actually here with a special guest. Uh, his name is Christopher Cullen, and he runs the social media for uh, WhedonCon. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I am super excited to have you on. I'm really glad that our mutual friend Kenny from the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast was able to hook us up together to communicate. Yes, thank you. Yes. So basically the reason we're here is that there's this fabulous convention coming up in just a little over two weeks or so. I think it's under two weeks. Oh, oh my. So just barely over two weeks. Uh, that's happening here in the Los Angeles area called WhedonCon. It's its second year for this convention, and it's actually bigger and better than it was last year. So um, I've never been, but I am attending this year, so I'm very much looking forward uh, to being there and also to kind of talk a little bit about uh, what people can expect and kind of get the word out because, you know, I had no idea that this happened last year. And I've been hearing bits and pieces about WhedonCon, you know, throughout the year. And I feel like this is something that people need to attend. Because if you are a Buffy fan or a Firefly Firefly fan or even, like, just the Avengers, something, you need to be there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we have wide appeal. I, uh, I have a lot of fun using our marketing with our social media and getting it out there. Whedon fans are an interesting group of people because... The scope of his work is very broad, maybe vast. I can't, I can't, expansive. I don't know the word I'm thinking. <laughs> but they're not all in one genre necessarily. You can have someone, and not even just genre, they're not all in one category. Like, you can have somebody who loves Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which is a, a decently high-budget home movie. It's this, you know, the brilliant thing that Joss paid out of pocket for during the writer's strike in 2007. Somebody who loves this internet sensation, and then you can have somebody who loves The Avengers, which was one of the highest grossing movies of its time. Um, so it is kind of funny. I think that we can appeal to just about anybody, and especially when one of those stops along the way is Firefly, which is so beloved, and another one is Buffy, which is... When you like Buffy, you like Buffy. I feel like it's kind of an all-in kind of thing with Buffy, for yeah. sure. I don't think I've ever met someone who just said, oh, yeah, it's okay. Oh. No. Like, if you watch Buffy, you want to talk about Buffy. That has been my experience in life. And so, I wholeheartedly... I <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> I... going to say you wholeheartedly agree. I do, and I just mumbled the hell out of that. They are, especially like when you've been off working all day long doing stuff. It's just awful. Um, (laughs) For real. But I mean, (laughs) totally off track. (laughs) It happens all the time. But so the one thing before we like jump into the talking about the convention, the thing that I really enjoyed when you were on uh, Kenny's podcast was that you guys kind of talked about your Whedon origin story. 
which I kind of loved. So um, for our listeners, uh, can you tell us, like, I don't know if people actually go and need to listen to Kenny's podcast, that's for sure. Um, But for our listeners, can you kind of recap your Whedon origin story so that... I will, um, and I'll do it briefly so you have a reason to go listen to... uh to Kenny's Dumbbells and Dragons. Um, but my Whedon origin story, and it's this product of, I mean, talk about the butterfly effect. This is the most obscure blip of, of history. Like, there's no reason that what happened should have happened. It was, like, this perfect combination for me. Um, I was flipping. It was a Saturday morning in February of 2004, and I was flipping through the channels, And, you know, I think we maybe did have TiVo because my brother loved technology, but, like, DVRs weren't really a thing. Like, I was channel surfing, as in the the days of yore. And um, I stopped on a show that looked kind of, it looked familiar, but I had no idea why. And I thought to myself, you know what, this is, this is charm. And part of all of it is that I don't like charm never liked Charmed. <laughs> I just was like, I'm so bored right now that I'm going to watch this episode of Charmed because it mildly appeals to, like, the sci-fi and fantasy nerd in me. And I was like, all right, you're going to suffer through Charmed because it's Saturday morning and you're 14 and what else you got going on? And it wasn't Charmed at all. It was Buffy. And it wasn't just Buffy. It was um, it was two to go. Uh-huh. The ultimate episode of season six of Buffy. And that is not a lighthearted episode. That is not a lighthearted story arc. That is not a lighthearted season. That was some heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I joined right in, like, punch in the gut, punch in the face. Like, and I'm not talking about what Buffy was doing on screen. I'm talking about the emotions and the revelations I was being hit with for a show I'd never seen before. Um, And I was just sitting there, like, instead of being put off, I was totally sucked in. And I went to, I mean, I looked up online. I went to, like, the TV guide and watched, well, what was airing at noon today? And um, I was like, oh, that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I maybe I also knew because of the end credits or something. Mm-hmm. But, or because somebody called her Buffy. But I specifically remember looking up the TV guide, and maybe that was to find out when the next time it aired was. Because I know that that was a Saturday, and by Monday I was rushing home from school to watch it for two hours after school in syndication so I saw the show completely out of order season six first and only pieces of it and then seven and then one and two the last season I saw and this doesn't actually add up if you're doing the math was season three it took me like six months to get a hold of season three because it was the most recent one out on DVD at the time that I started watching the show and then four came out on DVD five came out and I remember and I went to the store like the day those got released but number three which had been probably warming shelves up until four came out because I don't know not even too many people had DVD players at that time and so uh then all of a sudden it was gone and I couldn't find it anywhere and it was one of the last ones to come on syndication because I had started in season six so I did not find my way to season three until the like the very end of my journey and that's such a funny like I've got this weird perspective of Buffy on Buffy because it's totally a show that you're supposed to watch in order (laughs) it's like a novel and it's like I started with chapter six 
or chip later. I mean, like it was, it was a jarring experience, but it also kept me constantly wanting more just because everything was, it was like filling in a puzzle. It was cool. I was piecing this puzzle together and I didn't know when or from where the next piece was coming. Oh my gosh. That's insane. That's amazing yeah. though. I mean, that's like, that's a much different, <laughs> it's much different from the way that I was introduced to Buffy. That's for sure. Um, but that's still really awesome. I, I mean, that you, <laughs> Oh yeah, it was wacky. I mean, of course I've gone, I've gone back a hundred times and watched this. Oh yeah. And I'm probably barely exaggerating what I say. <laughs> but <laughs> I just still really enjoy that. The like fairly unique experience. Like, I don't think there's, there's probably not a single person in the world who saw Buffy in the exact viewing order I did because that was bonkers. No, especially because it was right at that transition time between VHS to DVD and then like introducing all that new technology with like TiVo and then moving on to DVRs and stuff like that. Because if you missed an episode, unless you were a magical person who knew how to program a VCR, you weren't ever seeing that episode. I remember as a kid, I was actually so lazy slash ambitious that I would just set my tape on the lowest setting and record. I used to have to go to swim meets on Saturday mornings. I would record the full Saturday morning cartoon block. Oh, wow. Fox Kids or uh, Uh ABC Fox Family, maybe. I think it was mostly Fox Kids. And I would watch and then I would get home from from the swim meet and watch all of Saturday morning's cartoons from like one to five watch my four hours of and not even fast forward <laughs> through the commercials because that's part of it <laughs> that's yeah. incredible vcrs vhs that was that was a struggle it really was i mean all them kids with their blu-rays now they got it easy yeah. i mean blu-rays geez those are practically the past everything's digital now I know, or it's like 3D now, or Ultra K, or something. I don't even know what that last one is. I don't even know either. I'm like, LaserDisc. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that old. Before we, before we hear your uh, Whedon origin story, yes. I just love that you remember yours, too. Oh, yeah. That, like, when Kenny asked me that question, I don't think he expected me to give such a long answer. And this was the short version dear listeners yes yes i like there were more details thrilling tale and um i remember every single one of them and i just love that you also remember your story i look forward to hearing it i feel like it's something that i mean because buffy means a lot to me because when i was a kid i wanted to be two people i either wanted to be the pink ranger or i wanted to be buffy that's that's what I that's what I wanted to be. So just to point this out, since I'm guessing based on uh, based on what I do know about your age, that the pink ranger you're referring to is Kimberly Hart. Yes. So Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah. So Amy yes. Jo Johnson's Kimberly Hart. Yes. So do you know that um, do you realize that they have the same stunt double? No. And that she's coming to Whedon Con. Oh, my God. No, I saw that. Like, I heard you talk about her, that the that the so girl. Yes, her, that she was uh, that she was Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, stunt double in in Buffy. I did not know that she was also Amy Jo Johnson's. That makes me love her like yeah, a thousand Amy times jo, more. Amy Jo is um, very gifted gymnastically 
Mm-hmm. Um, so she did all of her, I can't speak for all of, but she did most of her um, regular person stunts, mm-hmm. fight scenes. But Sophia wore the, the Power Ranger suit for B-roll. <gasps> oh for, my gosh. Like pretty much the first three seasons. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, amazing. Both of your heroes are going to be at Wheaton Con. Oh my one God. Body. In one body. Oh my God. I mean, it's still, it's still one of my life goals is to meet Amy Jo Johnson. I, I checked off one of my life goals just recently. I met Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, I went to her book signing in Pasadena. <laughs> I almost went. I didn't make it. Though. The traffic was nasty. I got, well, I, <laughs> conveniently, I work about five minutes from that bookstore. So I was like, there's no way I'm missing this. Right. Yeah. Conveniently. We all know that you got that job because you knew she was signing it. Oh, yeah, totally. That's totally why I got that job. I'm like, Buffy's going to be here. I need to meet her. Con. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great, though. That's really, I really wanted to make it to that, um. I didn't get a chance to. It was I, I was across town and then trying to even get home to drop something off. Once I got home, I was so exhausted from the effort of getting home that I couldn't possibly go to pass. I totally understand. It's L.A. Everything and traffic is just it's horrible. Makes life so Ooh. difficult. Uh, uh, hit me with your Wheaton origin story, please. Okay, so. I actually got introduced to Buffy when the movie came out, the very first movie uh, with Christy Swanson and fell in love with Buffy 100 percent. And then I heard about this TV show that was being made uh, that was based like similarly to that movie that I absolutely loved. So I've been with Buffy since day one, since that's the real day one. Yeah. Can't even claim to be from day one. Yeah, so a year ago, Mark, but you that's day one. <laughs> that's like day one, day one. And then I've been watching I watched the series uh in real time on on the WB when it's when it aired in nineteen ninety seven, all the way through to the very, very end. And, and did you miss any episodes? Um probably I mean so in this No. I think at this point I've seen every single episode at least once. But um, there's like certain episodes that I've seen numerable times because uh, they're my favorite. Of course. And so I've I've watched one particular episode to the point where my sister gets mad at me because the disc skips because <laughs> I've seen my DVDs. Too. Which <laughs> episode is it? It's Angel. Episode <laughs> from, Angel from season one of Buffy. From season one, yeah, I've seen that episode so many times that the disc skips. Oh my God! Why? I don't mean that. I don't mean that tone. But what makes that episode your favorite? I am obviously like the big question is Angel Buffy, Angel right. Sp- or Buffy Spike. So it's like. Well, Angel Spike's got a lot of fans. Too. Well, I'm sure it does. I saw you have a fanfic after dark here on your schedule, so we I would I wouldn't do. be surprised if we've got some some m- mixed stuff going on. Yeah, so I make no promises. I also make uh, no <laughs> denials. <laughs> so uh, I'm a hundred percent Buffy Angel. Okay. That's that's who I that's that's my ship right there. They're my original, um, like my original OTP. I actually um, I was say your OTP. I, yeah. I just learned that term. I'm so yes, sorry. one true pairing. Yeah. Yes, 
thanks to the Tumblr for that one. Um, but actually, uh, the reason that, um, like I kind of carry a piece of Buffy with me always, uh, when I was, uh, right after the episode, sorry to interrupt, but you mean literally, right? Like you cut her hair at the bookstore. I what? (laughs) You chopped off Sarah's hair at the bookstore. Oh yes, absolutely. Like I have a little locket of her hair. That's totally, no, I don't do that. I'm not a creeper. (laughs) No, but I I know, I know. All I know is that you got this job. Right next to the bookstore. I know. Silently, like, <laughs> secretly stalking Michelle Keller. <laughs> um, no, but when I... Because uh, Buffy has always been my favorite TV show since forever. No matter how many shows I watch, always Buffy will always be probably my number one show. Um, when in the episode, I think it's... I should know this. I'm pretty sure it's Surprise. Um, where Angel gave Buffy the Irish clattering for her birthday. And my dad actually bought me my first clattering. So since that day, so I'm pretty sure that was like, I forget what year that was. feels like a million years ago. That it aired, that would be 98, January of 98. Yeah, so 98. So since that day, I have worn a clattering since I received mine. So I'm still wearing one now. No, it's not because I was like, <laughs> I was like 13 when I got it, and now I'm not the size of a 13 year old. <laughs> so, so I also wear a clada, and nice. I've also mine has changed, uh, but I started wearing it within a year of actually that's following summer. So summer of '04, mm-hmm. uh, my mother bought me one, and then when I graduated, when I finished grad school i think in 13 my sister bought me one and this one's much nicer um yeah i need a i need a new one for sure on my mother she didn't be as a gift so much as i was a 14 year old and i said please mommy i want the ring it's only 15 dollars. i need it i need it yeah and then my sister got me like a, a real one and i do i wear it every single day yeah i'm going to ireland actually because my lovely co-host chelsea's getting married in in July and she's moving to Ireland so I'm gonna get a real one when I go there like a legit wow, one that's... To Ireland? yes international podcasting yes we are so that's gonna be real fun working out that time schedule oh oh you're right that you'll do it though and you'll do a great job no we're gonna work it out it's gonna happen because I'm gonna need to see her at least once a week because this the thought of living without Chelsea makes me really sad and that'll soften the blow when she finds out that we did this secret podcast. If she <gasps> listens to it, she'll hear that. And that is true. But she also abandoned me during the holiday to uh, go to Ireland. So I was hosting this podcast by myself. So I feel like, and my name is first. So I feel like I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> we should we should probably talk about this convention since we actually haven't talked about it at all. Oh, yeah. which one? Which one? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, so Comic Con. <laughs> you know, yeah, no. I know. I'm gonna get in trouble. You know, people, people from my, people from our staff listen to this, and they're gonna say, "Hello, did you think about mentioning the convention?" <gasps> Is that what we're here to talk about? I forgot. No. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, so we should probably do that. So <laughs> this convention is coming swiftly. Swiftly, and it's May nineteenth through 21st. It's at the Warner Center Marriott. 
in Los Angeles in the Woodland Hills area. Um, really soon, it's the month of May, so you can actually like look at the number and know how many days it's going to be. Pretty cool. We've been, of course, this has been something I've talked about at least once a day for probably six months now. Mm-hmm. So it does get really exciting when it's getting close. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's so exciting because, you know, putting together a convention anyway is a huge undertaking and a convention like this, because you guys have tons of programming and there's a little bit of everything for everyone that is a Whedon fan, not just like because, you know, Joss Whedon isn't just 100 percent Buffy. He's so much more than that. So it's kind of exciting that. Uh, you guys were able to build a convention and incorporate as much of his career as possible that touches every possible, like, fan that could be out there somewhere. Well, did you know that we have over 250 hours of programming this year? Good Lord. That is so exciting. (laughs) That is so exciting. I mean, I've been looking through, and I'm already, I'm like, it makes me sad that I'm not going to be there on Friday. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like a blessing and a curse, right? Because I want to go to every single panel. I know. And that's always like, that's the hardest thing about going to cons is that you have to pick and choose what you want to go to because everything you can't see everything, which is I need about like, cause there's five different tracks. So I need about five of me so I can go to all of them. Somebody asked somebody on our Facebook said, um, somebody commented on when we released the schedule and said, where's, where's Warren to build you a, a robotic double? Uh, uh, we get these, like, <laughs> I mean, that's what's so cool about being such a niche con is I think people enjoy our Facebook, but it's because I'm a Whedon fan. Mm-hmm. And if you perhaps weren't a Whedon fan, I think that you would have a harder time communicating with Whedon fans because we are all sort of fall on a similar wavelength. Yeah. And, there's something about this, like, when we put out, even when we put out totally factual information posts like the schedule, feel inclined or inspired or comfortable making a really specific Whedon reference in mm-hmm. the comments. And it really brings me a lot of joy, the, um, getting this that community feeling from something like that, that, like, somebody will say something so specific, like, well, what about... Warren, what about that character from Buffy? Can he build me a robot? And then so then you get to play along. So I said back, like, well, you know, and because they said, where's Warren? She said, oh, he's, you know, flayed. And that's what she said, too, who was saying it. And I said, well, have you looked for a Ferula Gemina? <laughs> Which is the duplicating <laughs> device from uh, the replacement when the mm-hmm. halves of Xander. And so it's just like it's fun that we get to we just kind of like get each other. Like we're doing ribbons at the con this year and we did some ribbons last year but we're doing a lot of cool ribbons this year and there's a couple different ribbon activities and I I think there's going to be a lot of ribbons. Uh, I don't have a count for you but I have seen the list of like the slogans being considered and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of ribbons to collect at this convention. Oh my gosh. They're all very and I'm not going to say all but most of them are very weak specific and that's really cool. Oh my gosh I love it. It just you're just going to look around and smile if you know what's going on. It, mm-hmm. And even if you only know a part of it, like some people don't branch out. Say you absolutely love Firefly, but you never even saw an episode of Buffy. You still can come and enjoy everything about our convention. Mm-hmm. First of all, brown coats are not a small portion of the week. 
fans. So you will not be alone in finding Firefly fans. And the second, like, our programming really is diverse. We do touch as many different points in his career as we can and approach them from as many different angles as we can. And so, like, I, I think that anyone who comes with even the smallest frame of reference of his body of work is going to enjoy themselves. How much you know might impact how much more you could enjoy. Like, if you're somebody who's seen everything, you're going to come in and just laugh and smile. Smile from ear to ear the whole time, the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, although, for a good convention, that is the goal for everybody. And yeah. I would like to say, we want everyone to come in and smile from ear to ear. <laughs> That's exactly. I love, I mean, I'm such a big fan of conventions, but I, I go to, uh, what I love is that I like, uh, very specific conventions seem to be funner to go to. Like I go to supernatural con every year and that's very specific. Like, yeah, it's just about that TV show. So with Whedon con, I mean, it's very specific to just his body of work, but he's so diverse that it kind of touches, you know, Avengers. I love Avengers like Captain America. That's my guy. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, like Firefly, like brown coats, uh, Serenity, like all of that stuff. It touches everything, which is just so it's like so magical. <laughs> It is. Are you a cosplayer by any chance? I am a very small dabbler of cosplay. <laughs> well, I'm not even that, really. I wish I wish I could be, but I, I don't have the devotion, the energy, the patience. I so admire people who can cosplay. Same. Um, and the budget, I'll say, too. Mm-hmm. I don't have the budget. Um, but I really think that cosplayers are going to like, I, I'm trying not to say freak out or flip out, but they, they're going to love our program. We basically have a cosplay track. Like, if you look at our schedule, I believe it's track E. And if you look at our schedule, we've got working with latex and prosthetics, building up the face with mud, master makeup class. We've got, and it really is mostly track E. Um, the uh, cosplay over 30, character development through voice, character development through makeup, character acting and cosplay. Like, if you are even somebody who's cosplay curious, this is practically a cosplay how-to <laughs> Like, you could just come in, sit in track E, and never have heard of cosplay and walk out of there at the end of the weekend as a professional cosplayer. <laughs> And with what people sell in our Sunnydale Mall, you might even come out with a cosplay. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. I love that it's called the Sunnydale Mall. That makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, we had our Sunnydale Mall last year, too. And it's really, um, it, especially if you're a Whedon fan, like, there is no, it's like condensed vendor room from any con. It's like vendor room pure. It's all the booths that draw my eye are just happen to be there at this con. Oh my gosh. They sell the Buffy things. They sell the Firefly things. They, what? You've heard of Dollhouse? What? You've made a whole Dollhouse series of art? (laughs) And it's like that you don't have that hunting around aspect because everything I saw in the Sunday Mall last year, I wanted to buy. Oh my gosh. That's so bad for my pocketbook. So bad. No. So bad. Um, but no, I totally agree with like the whole cosplay thing. That's like one of my favorite things to do when I go to a con is to just see cosplayers. It's 
Like I love taking their photograph. I love just being around them because all the time and effort that these people put into their, to their costumes, into their characters. And it's, it's like, it's like a lifestyle almost like cosplaying is. Um, so I did want to ask you, so what I found is, uh, super unique about this particular convention is that, uh, all the majority of the proceeds actually benefit a couple of charities. So that to me is very exciting. Uh, cause you know, like I'm not saying that other cons just like they're in it for the money. Um, but this has, you know, it's something super beneficial. And so I'm hoping that maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about the charities, that um, that the money's going to. I'm so excited about our charity. Um, we have so we have two primary charities. We do have a side charity that we don't get, that doesn't get talked about enough. But we host leading up to the convention every year. We host what's called Weedon Knit Night. Mm-hmm. We go to various locations across LA and do like a craft circle, and people will come in and they'll knit and they'll crochet and they will produce baby hats, baby blankets, uh, baby booties, and then we donate all of those to newborns in need. Aww. And that is one of our charities that we don't talk about much because it doesn't happen as part of the con, but mm-hmm. it's still part of our organization. So I'm going to throw that in there because I do, because um, I'm now going to talk for a long time about the charities that <laughs> the con is raising money for. <laughs> so the first one, and this is so, are you a Firefly fan? Um, I am, yes. Okay. So, you know, Ron Glass passed away. Mm-hmm. In, in December of 2016. And um, a couple members from our organization were at the memorial service, and it was a very um, profound experience. And I, I believe we also knew this about him in general, but being at the memorial service is what I think really hammered this home for a couple members on our board. Um, Ron Glass had like a passion, a strong, lifelong passion this organization called the Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center, or the Wooten Center for short. And mm-hmm. the Wooten Center, it uh, provides free after-school programs for students in grades 3 through 12 and affordable summer programs for those same students. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it's really this, like, fascinating and powerful community outreach for disadvantaged students and students who don't have somewhere safe to go after school and whose parents can't take any time off during the summer. And it's something that, like, I used to teach kindergarten. I used to teach first grade. It's something that I'm just really, really proud to be helping to promote and raise money for is the benefit of our school children who may, maybe when they go home, they have to spend some time alone or they have no one to help them with their homework or they don't get the proper, they don't have access to proper meals or proper care kind of thing after school. And so I think that any kind of organization and doing even a fraction of what the Wooten Center is able to accomplish is a worthy cause, a worthy charity. Um, And I'm really excited that we get to partner with them, particularly because it is in honor of Ron Glass. Um, the Wooten Center, even uh, members, representatives of the center got up and, did, and spoke at the memorial service. And um, it, it was it was really just this strong conviction of his that this organization was important. And I, we, we at Wheaton Con, we share that conviction, and we are so proud to um, be raising funds for them this year. 
and that is our first charity. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I'm no, no. About our charity. So uh, no, you. Sh- no, I, I absolutely um, like. Keep it, keep it going. Keep it rolling. So our second charity is called My Friend's Place, and it is a shelter and service for homeless youth in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. My Friend's Place, we actually um, came upon My Friend's Place uh, as part of our partnership with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Mm-hmm. you know the sisters? I do not. Okay. They are a uh, drag organization. <gasps> I was that's trying amazing. not to say troop. Drag troop just rolls off the tongue. Maybe that's what they are. But they are a group of drag queens who dress as nuns. Oh, my gosh. And amazing. They go around the L.A. area. And there's, this is the L.A. branch, by the way. There are branches all across the country of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. But the L.A. branch, and they, they go around um, various locations and raise money for charity all year round. They will choose a pet project charity and hold an event for it. And I believe this weekend, I think they're playing baseball for a charity in their drag nun outfits. That is amazing. Like, it's it's really cool. And this is an organization I had not heard of before, and now I'm in love with them. I think it's nothing like drag queens. And I went to Catholic school for 10 years, so I'm going to throw nuns in there. Drag queens, nuns, and charity are pretty much three of the most, uh, the strangest combination. I can't even get the words out. No. It's so hard. The strangest combination, but it's fascinating to me. And they are performing at WeedonCon. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, you, yeah, our evening programming just came out, and they are performing. Um, I have to pull this up because I do not want to be wrong. It is Saturday, uh, 4.30 okay. to 6.00. Yes, 4.30. Oh, that's early. Yeah, 4.30 to 6 on, a, on the rooftop. On the Are you kidding? No. Why can't I find this? That's amazing. <laughs> it just sounds glorious. On the rooftop? That's what it that's says. So... <laughs> it's just rooftop. Wait, I don't know okay. what that means. I love it. I love it. That is, yeah, 4.30 to 6 o'clock. They're performing on Saturday at Wheaton Con. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to be there. I've already decided. Yes. And I believe they'll be doing a Whedon specific. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> that's not even, that's not all, you know. If you check out, if you like Whedon specific things that make you go, huh? Uh, we have from 9 o'clock to 1130 on Friday, we have the Lusty Kitten Burlesque, which is. I was going to ask all, about this. <laughs> all across the Whedonverse. Uh, and it is a Joss Whedon burlesque. And they've actually performed it before. And you can go onto their website and watch a video of it. Which it's not safe for work, I assure you, this video. But if you go on their website, you can find their page for all across the Whedonverse. And you can see a bit of what their act was like um, several years ago. I, I don't remember the year that they performed. Um, oh, my they're, gosh. They're staging what is essentially a sequel or a continuation to it. It should be primarily new acts. So even if you've seen their previous Whedon show, you should be in for a bunch of surprises this year. Oh um, my gosh! Friday night from nine to eleven thirty, and I—I I mean, just like the, the way that we went with our evening programming is—I'm just really excited about it this year. There's definitely like an adults-only portion for Whedon Con this year. Yeah, I noticed that there's a lot of like uh, you have a lot of stuff that it, like you know 
all ages can attend. But then there's like the there's a cocktail party. And then with the Wolfram and Hart Company cocktail party that's on Friday. And then uh, there's a West Hollywood Squares and Drag Nuns Read Smut with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And that's on Saturday. Also, now that I'm looking at our listing here, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence from 430 to 6 are not rated adults only. So maybe that's going to be a clean show. Maybe their show later from seven to eleven is is NC seventeen. Well, that yes, that <laughs> makes sense. That might I might have mixed those up. I'm sorry for that. Um, but still, it's not that hard to do clean drag, so that's why it would be at four thirty to six. Um, yes. But so okay, so I we have gone. I'm sorry. I'm like a. <sighs> I'm spinning around. I can't stay on one topic, and one of them, and this was our charity, so I was really passionate about this. So let's let's. Let's veer back to my friend's place. Yes. So, in part of our partnership with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, we let them choose our second charity this year. Mm-hmm. We had already, we were all so passionate about the Wooten Center that we had kind of, we felt like when the sisters had their passions and their preferences that they should be able to contribute too because the Wooten Center is so important to all of us because of its association with Lot. And so, we, um, the sisters proposed that we uh, raise funds for my friend's place. And my friend's place, as I was starting to say, provides services to homeless youth in the LA area. And in in the course of a year, I believe they see over a third of the homeless youth population in in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Um, So they're very busy and they're very effective. Um, The most interesting part, well, there's actually so many interesting parts. I don't want to over or undersell anything. I really like our charities this year. Uh-huh. Um, my friend's place doesn't just provide food, shelter, hygiene supplies. They also provide access to education and access to the arts. Oh, that's so good. And that is one reason that I absolutely love them. The other reason I absolutely love them is that they, and this I think is probably how the sisters first heard of them, is that they have this reputation at my friend's place for being the safe zone, the safe place shelter for LGBT youth. Oh, that's so good. A, a disproportionate number of runaways are mm-hmm. LGBT youth. Yeah. And when you're living on the streets, when you're away from your home, you're not, you're just as likely sometimes to encounter, um, to not feel safe. Mm-hmm. And my friend's place is a very welcoming, very accommodating, very open and understanding and inclusive shelter. And they have this reputation of being the safe space for LGBTQ. And I think that that in itself, that just adds onto the pile. It's one more reason that they're totally a worthy cause. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, I just, I just, I could flip over our charities this year. Last year, our charities were really cool, too. We rotate charities every year. But this mm-hmm. year, I don't know, they just really speak to me. Uh, I think probably because, like I said, I did used to teach, and they are both uh, kind of about the children. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons that I get really excited about them. But I'm really excited about them. And if you want to know more, <laughs> because I only know the tip of the iceberg about either of these charities, really, just enough to promote them on social media and to... Um, to write a few articles about them, but the charities are having a panel on Sunday at WeekCon 
where they will oh, come lovely. and talk about what they do, how you can help, why their work is important. And it's, I went to the panel last year for mm-hmm. our two charities, for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation and Pop Culture Hero Coalition. And I mean, it was eye-opening. It really was because um, one of the charities was chosen by Juliet Landau, Drusilla from mm-hmm. Lucky and Angel. And so Juliet was there representing the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. And she like, she didn't stand at the table. She didn't lean into the mic. She sat down on the edge of the stage and asked everyone in the audience to come up to the front, like frontmost chairs. And we just sat around and talked about what this charity means to her, how she came upon it, uh, what she helps them with, what the difference kind of they make in the world. And then the other charity, Pop Culture Hero Coalition, got up and talked about the same thing. And it was just this really, it was an important part of the con for me last year to mm-hmm. not get lost in all the fun. Because it's going to be easy. Believe me, you'll be there. It's going to be so easy to forget we're even doing this for charity because there's so many fun things going on. But for me, it was really cool to sit down and to hear a bit of, we joked about origin stories earlier, but to hear the origin stories of this charity even. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, I thought it was really powerful. And it just gave so much more meaning to the rest of the fun. And I know that's funny, <laughs> but it did. It just made, uh, it made the fun more fun to know that you're not just having fun. You're not just spending money. And you're not just traveling to a place. You're not just making new friends. You're doing all of it. And you're like doing the fun things. And that money's going to charity. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's really cool. And again, I can't think of better words than that right now. But I, <laughs> I love that we're able to do what we could do to raise money for charities. And we basically get to throw a weekend long mind meld and party and then we get to give all the money to and I think that's really cool yeah it's that's incredible and I mean if people want to find out more information about the charities they can also um, they can always go on the Whedon Con website right and yes they can absolutely check them out that's www.whedoncon.com and that's Whedon of course W-H-E-D-O-N uh, also, the Wooten Center has a website, and that is www.wootencenter.org. And my friend's place is myfriendsplace.org. And that is obviously no apostrophe. Mm-hmm. I, I will be sure to include links to all this stuff in the, uh, to, in the, uh, the show notes. That's what that's called. <laughs> the yeah, notes sorry, that man. are... That I didn't make for this episode. So I, I trip over myself sometimes trying to talk about them. I, I think that, um, I don't know. I'm just, I think that they're such worthy and wonderful causes. And I'm no, they really, to help them. they really are. So, I mean, it's wonderful that, uh, that the money that people spend at the convention is going to two very worthy, two, well, yeah, two very incredible causes um, to help children and to help the youth that are unfortunately on the streets of L.A. So that's... Wonderful. Makes me want to go to this con even more. So I guess with that, it kind of wraps up this episode. So make sure you guys make it out to Whedon Con if you can. Check out their website for all the information uh, for our show notes and show notes for all of our episodes. Make sure you visit our website, you know, at Tea Time with Casey. 
com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle Tea Time with KC. Uh, you can also email us if you have questions, comments, concerns, whatever you want to email us about. Uh, it's tea with KC at gmail.com. So with that, thanks for listening. And yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, check out WeedonCon on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, give us a like, give us a follow. Even if you can't make it to this year's con, we mostly, uh, in between announcements, we're telling Whedon jokes and sharing Whedon memes. And uh, it might brighten up your day, even if you can't make it to the con. And um, I guess that's it. I hope to see you there. It's May 19th through 21st at the Warner Center Marriott in L.A. Yep. We will see you there. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.